Hey guys, welcome to the Emetophobia podcast. Casey here. Today on the podcast, we talk to Alana Rose. Um, she's from New York. She also has emetophobia. We go over a ton of emetophobia-related topics. Um, you can find her Instagram down below in the show notes. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy. We'll see you in there. Hello. Hey, what's Hi. up? Nice. I've barely ever used Zoom, so this is like my second time ever using it. So <laughs> you have to bear with me, but I just got the recording thing so we can record all this. So that's cool. Oh, okay. That's good. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. We have two kitties that are just tormenting me all night. So it's been kind of... <laughs> but, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yes. What can we call you? Um, my name's Alana. Alana? People just usually call me Alana. Okay. Alana it is. My name's Casey. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So should we just get right into it? Yeah, sure. If you want to just go over your story, um, tell me what happened originally and how this all came to be. Yeah, so um, in first grade is when it all started. Um, I remember this one story. I was actually in school. Um, I was in the cafeteria eating my lunch, and I looked to the left of me, and I see a, a little boy throwing up. And you know, I saw like I was like right next to it, and like that freaked me out. And I was so nervous that like I was clenching my uh, teeth and I was shaking and. Like the teachers didn't know what was wrong. And I guess, I don't remember if I actually told them, but I remember coming home that day from school and I was like, oh, I don't want to go back to school. I'm so nervous. Um, and I wasn't eating or anything like that. And my parents were just concerned with my behavior and how I was acting. Right, right. I had uh, the same thing with the whole school situation where it's just after my metaphobia all set in, I just, I literally could not go to school anymore. I was just like, I felt so scared every time I'd go in there and I just felt like everybody around me was going to get sick and it was just terrifying. So I definitely know what you feel like for that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy how it all comes to be, isn't it? From just such a, it seems like such a small thing, but in our minds, it's just like the biggest thing in the world and nobody seems to understand that. It's just, it's crazy. I know. And ever since then, like it affected me all my life. And I never knew like that there was a specific phobia for it. I right, think right. like one of my parents looked it up or something. And once I realized what it that there was like an actual name for it I think that made me feel a little bit better that you know it's recognized yeah you don't feel so crazy anymore it's like you can actually justify it and know what it is now finally and, and start working on it for sure yeah, definitely. yeah so how has this pandemic affected your emetophobia um it definitely affected my anxiety a little bit uh the metaphobia a little bit because of the coronavirus and like the uh that with the virus you can actually throw up from it and yeah. i was thinking a little bit about that as well so yeah i guess that's uh how it affected my metaphobia sure I, I feel the same way ever since i saw some news article about that they said that there's nausea involved with it and everything and i'm like nope <laughs> i am not gonna get that that is terrifying so I've been doing everything I can, but have you been uh, stuck at home? Or are you still out working or what are you doing with all that? 
I've been stuck at home even still. Uh, we got better in New York here. But uh, yeah, I've been laid off from my job still. Really? That's terrible. I know it sucks. Yeah, I, uh, I paint houses for a living. So we kind of just like scooted under the radar there and we just, uh, we were kind of hiding up on this big hill at this big house where they couldn't really find us for a while. So we got, we got away with it during the like main parts of the pandemic, but now everything's kind of opened back up again. I live in Michigan. So, um, but mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was kind of affecting me at first. Cause there was like just up in the air. Like, I don't know if we're going to be going to work. I don't know if we're going to be stuck at home. It's just kind of back and forth every week. So it was, it was definitely affected me. And then my, yeah, my anxiety also was going up like crazy because feels like every time you go into public, there's just that new fear that you're going to get Corona all the time. And it's just terrifying. So yeah, definitely. It, it is. How is Michigan with the virus and all? Um, well, we've got, I guess, some new rise in the cases, but um, where I live personally, it's kind of a smaller town. So we don't see a ton of uh, new cases here at all. It's just kind of it really seems like it's not really going on where I live, but then you go into the, the bigger side of town uh, where I usually work at and it's, it's extremely like everybody's extremely protective of themselves. They all, everybody wears masks, all the stores make you wear masks. It's just very, everyone's just very scared. And uh, well, I think we're at, I couldn't give you a, a solid number, but I, we're, we're pretty high up there on the rankings of how many people have gotten COVID here. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Cause it's the season and all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And they say that, once you're stuck inside in the wintertime with the family and stuff, there's not a lot of airflow in the house. Everybody's kind of together all the time. So it's, it's just more of a, a chance of spreading it around for sure. So it's just a scary thing. You know? New anxiety to have to deal with for sure. It is. Yeah. It's like a new normal kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like really worried that it's going to be like this forever. That's what's scary to me is yeah. it, it'll never go away. So that's, that's what I'm worried about, but I'm hoping it gets better next year and we can figure all this stuff out. So. Yeah, me too. So how has a metaphobia or your anxiety held you back from the things you wanted to do in life? Um, so it, it tries to get in the way of my life. It like creeps up on me, but oftentimes I do not let it hold me back. Uh, I kind of just do the things that I want to do, but it definitely uh, holds me back a little bit. Like, uh, for example, like I won't, eat as much as I would at home if I'm out in public. Uh, it's kind of weird. Or even at home, actually, I don't eat as much. I mean, I, I eat, but I just like, uh, I'm more nervous about it, like in public, like actually throwing up in public or feeling nauseous because I'm not at home. Right, right. Possible. Yeah, yeah. I get the same thing. For sure. For sure. No, I, uh, I, I do the same thing though. I just kind of, one day it just kind of clicked in my head and I was like, you know, I'm just not going to deal with this anymore. I was like, I'm going to do everything I can in my power to continue on with my life as normal as I can. And I really think that um, over the years, things have just gotten so much easier doing that and just kind of not pushing it away, but just kind of becoming more at terms with it and, and accepting the fact that I have a metaphobia and then just working on it slowly over the years. And now that I'm starting to like follow my passions again and just work as much as possible, it started to become very easy to deal with. So what, what level uh, are you in on your metaphobia? Is it like pretty strong or are you pretty, uh, I guess, I don't want to say normal, but you know what I mean? Like, is it, does it hinder your ability to do things on a daily basis? Or are you pretty normal nowadays? I can do things on a daily basis, but once I feel nauseous or uh, any thought of like throwing up, it's more like if I actually have to throw up 
uh, that's like really bad that puts me into like a spiral of like really bad panic attack yeah yeah that's like when it really affects me but mostly on a daily basis it doesn't affect me that much i mean maybe some things like like i said like i won't eat as much like if i go to an event uh for that requires like eating or something oftentimes i would just go to the event and maybe pick at something sure yeah i do this especially if somebody else made it then you got to be like well how'd they make it would they make it and is it in their own kitchen did they touch things that were gross like you always got to like think of all these little weird things that not a lot of people think about so i definitely yeah, get all these irrational thoughts kind yeah. of yep yep so how have you been coping with it? i know you said you uh just got back out in the world and started doing the normal things again is there anything else that you do to cope with uh, your emetophobia and your anxiety so i do go to therapy but uh, i don't feel like it's really working um but I've tried cognitive behavioral therapy before and I feel like that kind of helped me a lot. Like it got down to like my thoughts and how often uh, they do like ratings, like what, a, what are the chances that this will happen and stuff like that. So um, that, that helped me a lot. I do like, uh, I have like a little cognitive behavioral workbook as well. So I work with that as uh, also. Right, right. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I started doing therapy as well. I recently got health insurance and I realized in Michigan, you can just go through their like uh, Michigan Bridges website and you get free health insurance. It's like super duper cheap for all the copays. And I was like, well, I'm gonna get a counselor. And uh, I found that specializes in the metaphobia and she's been super helpful this entire time. And it's kind of, it's like just solidifying everything that I've been working on over the years and kind of making it all come together. So it's been really nice. Yeah, therapy is not cheap, but if insurance covers it, you know, that's great. Right, yeah, that's definitely something. Because that's, I, I wanted to go for years, I just couldn't afford it. And I didn't know that healthcare was available. So it's nice to have that for sure. So, so um, this is kind of a weird question that I've been uh, noticing a lot lately, but why do you think emetophobia affects women a lot more than men? Maybe because um, women feel that, um, like feel more embarrassed about it. Like maybe throwing up in public would make them have these irrational thoughts like, oh, no one will like me or I'll be embarrassed or stuff like that. That makes sense for sure. Yeah. It's just a, it's a weird thing that um, when I started this uh, uh, podcast on the Instagram, it seems like, and even on my podcast statistics, it's like 89% women and maybe like, I don't know, 10 or 12 or whatever percent uh, men. And it just seems like it's very predominantly uh, women oriented. And I just, I, I've been trying to figure that out over the last couple of weeks of, of why that is. And I, I did get uh, somebody came and reached out and said that, um, in a way, um, women just get more grossed out by things than men do on a, on a normal basis. So, because um, men, I guess we're, we're just like raised to just, you know, not be like a pussy about it or anything and just, you know, get through it. And I think that a lot of us don't really like to talk about it, even if we do have it, or we don't look into anything uh, as far as like research on why we have something like that. And so I think a lot of us just hide it and just deal with it. And uh, I think women are a lot better at talking about their feelings and what's going on with them. And I think that's kind of where it comes from as well. So. Yeah, I agree with that, uh, but it, it makes it uh, easier, I feel like, if like one man um, comes out and says, you know, I'm 
I fear this, maybe other men would be like, oh, I fear that too. And it would make them uh, feel more confident or comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And I noticed that too. I have a couple of guys that have already messaged me and were just like, man, I can't believe you're doing this. Like, this is crazy that other men have it as well. They had no idea that it was, it was even something that other guys had. So it's, it's nice to reach out and talk to people who also have the same thing and can kind of get on my level a little bit. So Yeah, that's why I think that it's great, you know, to have, um, I definitely think support groups help even and like just people around you that have the a relatable kind of fear yeah 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 and it, it, it the support is like one of the biggest things that helps me the most is just being able to reach out and say hey i'm having a terrible night like help me out here and there's a lot of people that will just reach back out and and kind of help you through everything that you're going through so it's really nice sorry if you hear all these bells i got little kitties look at this little guy this is our newest one this little we got a little his head's going into the background but we got a couple little kitties here, and they've just been tormenting each other. They like to follow me around the house all the time. So, out of here. But so you, we already talked about some of the fears. Is there any other uh, like irrational fears that you've picked up from the emetophobia and the anxiety and stuff? Um, not that I could really think about. Like with fears, just like with illnesses, like I even if I have a fever or something like I'm, you know, my first thoughts like, Oh my God, am I going to throw up? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It comes from like everything too. I have allergies in the morning and like, I'll get a little phlegm in my throat or something. And I instantly just kind of feel like, Oh crap. Like what if this happens? And then it just, my mind starts racing. And give me one second. Let me, uh, I'm going to put these cats in the other room. Hold on. Come on guys. These are going in here. All right. Sorry, it's kind of dark in here. All right. Uh, so, um, any more advice you have for anybody who's going through something like this? What, what would you give it as, as some advice for somebody? Um, so, if, if you definitely can reach out to a therapist, maybe, or do like, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy or even exposure therapy, um, finding people that relate to you, uh, could be very helpful. Um, yeah, and definitely like exposure, like I said, um, you know, doing things that you're uncomfortable with. Yes, for sure. It's a big part of it too. I think that a lot of us, um, try to kind of hide away from it all and run away from everything that's scaring us instead of actually dealing with it. And I think I've learned over the years that it's just made it way, way worse when I do that. So taking things head on and, and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and then uh, realizing that you can get through them and get out on the other side really does help at the end of it all. So yeah, avoidance isn't good. And that's not the way to go because sure. the more you're in your comfort zone, it's going to be harder and harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what else you want to talk about? I guess we got like, we could just do another 10 minutes or so if you want to just, uh, just talk back and forth for a bit about everything. And um, I guess like how bad panic attacks can be. Especially yes. when, uh, oh yeah, that's another thing. Like um, one, one day I had like fish and afterwards, I don't know if it was my anxiety or I actually felt sick. That's another thing you can never tell like, if it's anxiety or if it's actually, or if you're actually feeling sick. So I had the fish and like, 
all of a sudden my heart was racing, my, um, my mind was going crazy. And I just, I think it was because I felt nauseous and I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to have fish again. That's it. And I did actually, I, you know, I conquered my fear, I guess. I, the next time I had the fish, even though I didn't want to, and I was fine. So it just shows you that it, it probably was anxiety that was happening yep. there. I didn't actually feel sick from it. I just actually had that happen last night. My girlfriend made uh, fish for dinner and mm -hmm. I, I ate it like super duper fast because I was just really hungry and it was, it was really good. And, and then I laid down for a little while and I, I, I was dehydrated, I think is what ended up happening because I just didn't drink a lot of water. I drink a lot of coffee too during the day. So, but uh, I laid down and I started getting a little nauseous and I was just, my mind started racing towards like, oh, what if I get food poisoning or what if that fish was not cooked all the way through or what if it was bad? But then like, I just, I use those coping skills. I, I use a lot of mindfulness techniques where I try to stay in the moment and not think about the past or the future. I just think, okay, I'm, I feel a little sick right now, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to get sick. It just means that, you know, maybe I didn't drink enough water or maybe I, uh, maybe I just ate too fast or too much food at the time. And it's like, I have to just kind of justify those things in my mind over time and, uh, and try not to think about what's going to happen in the future. Just think about right now. That's what I try to stay focused on all the time is I just get past this next 10 minutes or so, and then we'll figure out what's going to happen after that. And that's kind of the way I deal with those type of things nowadays. So I yeah, get where you're Wait, you know, to think in the present, like what's happening right now yeah. and mindful is mindfulness is great. So um, I want to touch on how do you do in like big social um, areas if there's a lot of people involved around you do you get very anxious in those kind of situations? Yeah, I do. I don't love crowds. I like yeah. smaller kind of groups, you know. Yeah. What do you do when you're in a big group of people and you feel very anxious? Do you tend to run away or how do you cope with that? Yeah, I tend to like run away or I'll just go outside for a quick second, you know, do some deep breathing, then maybe come back in. And just sometimes that helps like a little fresh air. Sure. Oh, yeah. I like to uh, now I'm a lot farther along in my, in my metaphobia now than I was a long time ago. And I, I just feel a lot more comfortable with things. So I really try to make everything into like a game now, you know, where if I'm in a big group of people, I just kind of push myself to see how long I can stay in that situation before I absolutely have to leave. And I, I do the same mindfulness uh, thing again is I just focus on the present moment. And I think, you know, I, I, it, it feels really scary right now, but let's go another five minutes and we'll see what we feel like then. And, and I think if you kind of um, don't make it feel like it's super overwhelming and that you have to stay in a situation and you just can't leave, if you kind of make it into like a game and say, I can leave whenever I want, but let's just see how long I can go. And that's, that's kind of the way I've overcome those little fears. I used to be really afraid of standing in line. I used to be afraid of uh, being in traffic was always really scary because it just, I don't like that loss of control. That's something I learned with the metaphobia is I like to be in control of everything all the time. So. Yes. Yeah. That's how I am. Like I have to drive everywhere because yep. I'm in control of my car. You know, like if somebody else is driving, it's like, no, uh -uh, I'm not doing it. Right. Do you get car sick when you ride in cars as a passenger? No, I actually don't. How, how about you? Yeah, I end up, uh, I, I think it's just the anxiety though. It's just like, because my, my emetophobia stemmed from an um, incident with my friend having food poisoning in a car when I was the passenger. And it was just like this extremely traumatic event of just over and over and over again. He just kept getting sick. And it was just like, I felt so stuck and confined in that car with him. And I just couldn't get out. And there's like, I couldn't drive away. I couldn't run away. It's just, I was stuck. 
And at the time, I didn't really know what emetophobia was. I didn't know I had it. And I didn't know that that was going to be some trepanic event. But then later on down the road, it started to get worse and worse and worse. And then I, all I could think about was that one incident that happened. And it just kind of made cars not a fun place for me at all. So I think it also depends on the thing that happened at the beginning of it all. And then, you know, goes on in the rest of the emetophobia. So it's crazy. I know Such a crazy I, thing. I know when I'm getting like a panic attack and I'm in the car, uh, I get sick, so yeah. Yeah, that's sick. It's just you know panic. Yeah. Do you use uh, mints or gum or anything like that? I do have gum. Yeah, I always have to have my gum on me. It makes yeah. me feel better, like in a way. Yes, it, it seems like everybody with emetophobia either has like gum or some sort of mints or some kind of minty flavored something. It's just one of those things we all have for some reason. Yeah, it definitely helps, and I always have to have my water too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I like hate feeling dehydrated that's another thing that makes me feel nauseous and gives me headaches and stuff so yeah having water is a big deal it seems like we're all very similar like the yeah. more people i talk to it just kind of like the consensus is very similar with everybody it's crazy yeah that's so great that it's we could relate you know yeah and it, it seems like a lot of us don't even know that the other people around us have that same thing. You know, it's like, we all think we're just alone and we have these weird little quirks about us that we can't get rid of. And it's like, then you talk to people and you're like, I can't believe you guys do the same thing I do. It's just like, and we're all totally different people from different all, all over the United States. It's just blows my mind how similar we all are. It's crazy. Have you ever had anyone like uh, make fun of you because of the fear? Oh yeah. I mean, I've had people, make fun of me and then I've also had people um straight up like make noises and like start gagging and stuff and like trying to be funny about it and it's just like it's just so ignorant and it's like come on man like I I'm not just like afraid of uh or like just scared of throwing up like I'm literally terrified of it I don't think that people understand that when I talk to them about it and they think it's all funny and, and just something to make fun of but it's really serious and I, I don't think people can can grasp that sometimes so yeah and I don't like sure. the fear of like uh, the feeling of gagging. Like sometimes I actually would get gag reflex from panic attacks, and I would yeah. like, and that would freak me out even more. Yeah, I know. I get sometimes the panic attacks would get so bad I just have to like sit next to the bathroom and just be like, yeah. you know. And it, it's just like these very irrational things, and are like something will happen where. I'll drink too much water and you like burp or something and like a little bit of water comes up and you're just, and then the rest of the day, you're just freaking out and you're just like, I'm, I'm going to be sick. I'm gonna, and then you just kind of have to like spend the day calming yourself down. And it's just, it's so crazy sometimes the stuff that, that sets you off in, in, in a panic attack. So. I know it, it is crazy. I also have dreams of it sometimes like of people yeah. throwing up and yeah. into like a spiral. So if you were to explain your emetophobia to somebody who had no idea what it was, how would you explain it in your own words? I, um, I guess it could be different for uh, everyone, but uh, definitely fear of throwing up like yourself or either uh, seeing it could make you nervous. Uh, but yeah, I would say that, yeah, I would basically put it like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got you for sure. It's always hard to explain sometimes like in the right words for sure. Yeah, it is. It's like just, you know, feeling nervous or getting yourself into panic attacks from, you know, seeing it, hearing it or anything like that. So how long has this been going on for you? Um, so yeah, it started when I was six and now I'm 25. So all those years. Wow. Yeah. I've had it for, 
I think I was about like 16 or 17 years old when it first started for me. I'm 26 now. So it's, it's been like eight or nine years. And uh, yeah, it's And I've met some people that have been going through metaphobia for like 35, 40 plus years. It's, it's crazy to think that they've been just hiding away and having panic attacks every day for 35 years. And it's, it blows my mind sometimes. It's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So New York, how's New York? I've never been there before. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I like the city. It's nice. I don't live in the city, I, um, but I live on Long Island, and yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah. Does it get pretty? Uh, is it are the winters super bad there? Yeah, uh, it could be, but last winter wasn't. But some winters can be actually pretty brutal. Right. I live up in uh, northern Michigan in Traverse City area. Mm -hmm. and we're like right by Lake Michigan so we get all that like lake effect snow during the winter time and like there'll be some times where we're driving and the, the snow will be taller than my car is and they gotta like take big snow blowers and blow out the roads so people can drive through it's just crazy sometimes that stuff also definitely adds on to my anxiety though the, the snow because I mean having to drive to where I'm 45 minutes away from my job so I gotta drive in every day and it's like that stuff can get daunting and it just makes you not even want to leave the house sometimes when it's so snowy out with the driving conditions and stuff. So I just didn't yeah. know how it was in New York. And sometimes you can feel the feeling of feeling trapped. Yeah, for sure. That's the, that can, loss of control is one of the biggest things I think that we all deal with with the emetophobia because it's just, it's a very controlling situation. You don't want to ever be uncomfortable. And so you always get very controlling of things. So. Yeah. Like I would literally be going to the same place. My yeah, my friends don't understand this at all. They all think I'm like crazy. Um, but I, you know, I would be like, oh, I'm going to, um, that we'll be going to like, the same place. And they're like, oh, um, I'll pick you up. And I'm like, no, 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 I'll drive. And they all get like confused. Like, why do you have to drive? It's because I have to be in control of everything. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I used to do that too, where they're just, I'll, it'd be like, dude, well, we're all going to the same place. Why do you need to drive your car? I'm just like, I don't need to explain it. I just want to drive my car. Okay. Just let me drive. I just feel comfortable. It's like, you don't even know how to explain it to them where they'd understand it. It's crazy sometimes. But has, uh, has emetophobia ever ruined uh, relationships as far as like significant others and stuff? Has it been difficult? Um, it hasn't really ruined it, but it definitely got in the way, like, uh, because I would be like afraid to eat sometimes. And uh, my ex-boyfriend would be like, well, why? And he would just like shame me for it. Yeah. Basically. And I mean, that was like the only thing really that, it, and he wouldn't take it seriously. And he used to do the same thing, like make fun of it and like pretend he's throwing up just to get me like nervous. It was kind of messed up. Yeah, I used to, when I lived in a house before, um, this is like really, really bad emetophobia at this time is like the worst of my, in my years I've had it. And um, I had two roommates of both guys that were my, my good buddies from high school. And I remember the one day I'm like drinking out of a glass of juice or something like that. And he looks over at me. He's like, so do you know what Ipecac is? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I put some in your drink, man. I figured I could help you out with your emetophobia. He was kidding, but it just, it sent me into the worst panic attack of my life. Cause that's, you know what Ipecac is? That uh, it's a medication that makes you uh, sick. Oh. And 
so he's just he kept messing with me like that all the time and telling me he put gross stuff in my drinks and it was just like it made me so scared to eat anything or drink anything in the house and it just i was always paranoid that they were like poisoning my food or something it's just those stupid irrational fears you get from all this stuff and i know crazy. that's also how it affects me uh i would say like if i for example, if I have to go on a new medicine or something for like, like an antibiotic, oh my God, I'll be so nervous. I'm like, oh, yep. well, and I look it up and that's not a good thing to do. It'll say like the side effects. Some people would say that they threw up from it. I'm like, okay, I'm not taking this, but yep. I have to. So it's like, oh my God, it's so, it could be so scary. Yeah, I get that way with the dentist too, because I, I had to go to the dentist to get uh, I had a cavity or whatever, but I had to take antibiotics as well. And I remember reading that about that and I was and it I have to like really justify it in my brain and be like all right let's just take one we'll take one we'll drink a bunch of water eat a bunch of food make sure that like we're all good and like everything feels good and then if it, it continues to feel good I'll just keep doing it so I always have to like start off very slow with things I can't just go right into it every time or I'll take like half of a pill or something you know yeah so. it's definitely good to slow you know one step at a time um what about alcohol do you drink no, I actually don't. I used to, but uh, I had this bad episode, I guess. I drank, I guess, well, actually, one of my friends bought me a drink, and he made it extra strong, and I guess it made me, like, sick, and I felt like I was going to throw up, and I was, like, freaking out. I was in a car, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to have to pull over, and that was the last time I drank, so that was, like, a year ago, and I won't drink again because of that, and just all the stories you hear like of throwing up with it it's like oh, i'm not gonna risk that yeah yeah i i did get back into drinking i just uh i don't ever mess with liquor though that's my big deal is i can't do liquor i can drink a beer though like if i just drink one beer i do the same thing i start off slow take a couple and i always have to drink like a beer and then drink a bottle of water right after that and like it's just i gotta be really weird about it but i mean i do like drinking every once in a while but it's just uh it's not the main thing i like doing for sure I mean, I would drink maybe like a wine, a glass of wine once in a while. That's fine. Sure. Yeah, it does make me feel kind of dizzy sometimes too, which also scares me. And it's like, I don't know, it's just those fears. It's, it, I think it just gets um, kind of blown up a little more with the anxiety as well. So it kind of like makes it worse every time and get in your own head and stuff. So definitely. Yeah. I know uh, people drinking around me too has always been a problem. It's like, I always feel like everybody's going to be sick and it's just very scary because it, it makes you uneasy and then you're just like you feel like you have to be like the the person taking care of everybody all night and it's just i hate that's that feeling it's just yeah, scary it's, yeah i hate when people drink around me one time i was like in an uber with my friend she was super drunk and she threw up in the uber like in oh. actual car and i was freaking out oh my god i felt so trapped also i couldn't get out you know the uber man was driving yep yeah, that's scary. I'm I'm surprised you talk about this so easily. Does it make you feel uneasy? Actually, no. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not much. I used to be afraid of hearing the word throw up. Still, it makes me like a little nervous, but not not too bad, you know. Have you done exposure therapy? You said you. I haven't, but I heard that it could actually be pretty beneficial but i'm very nervous about doing it not gonna lie i would suggest uh definitely start with animals watch animals do it first because you can justify an animal doing it because it's not from an illness it's usually because they ate too much food or something so mm -hmm. i've learned that if you start off really slow with that so, or just uh like cartoon pictures or like something that's not real and then work your way up into a, a more like epic video i mean i'm at the point now where 
I can watch videos of people just doing it normally and it, it still makes me feel uneasy, but I don't feel nauseous from it anymore. It doesn't make me feel sick. I can almost kind of almost look at it like in a funny way. I don't know why I just made it into like a funny thing in my brain over the, over the years. So, but yeah. it does work. I actually work with children and um, I, when like a child's feeling sick, you know, children feel sick often. So it's like, yeah. you think that I would work in that kind of field, but I remember one time, like a year ago, uh, one of my kids was feeling sick and they actually did throw up. I didn't see it, but I heard about it and that just put me in a spin. Like I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to leave work and all. But I didn't really, you know, I just separated. But like my biggest fear is actually catching it. Like if it, he was sick with a stomach virus or something. Yeah. And kids are just so filthy sometimes. They have no idea what anything about germs. We have a three and a four-year-old. And uh, the three-year-old, she's a girl. And she, uh, she sometimes she'll eat food and she'll just have too much food in her mouth. And she'll start choking on it. And it's just, it's, it makes me feel really uneasy. But I can also justify it too and say she's not sick. It's just, she just, uh, she ate too much food and gagged. And it was, it was all it is. And um, it's gross, but I think that's another form of the exposure therapy as well that can definitely help you out in the long run to just uh, get more comfortable with the fact that people do that sometimes. So, but yeah, I still get very uneasy when people say that they have like, oh, I had the flu last week. And it's like, well, no, stay away from me. Then. <laughs> I don't want to be near you for a while, man. You got to be kind of easy about that. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> Scary stuff. So, all right, we've been about 30 minutes. If uh, you got anything else you want to say before we head out? Um. Not that I could think of. Do you want to plug your Instagram or anything? Or Oh, sure. Yeah, it's Alana, A-L-A-N-A underscore Rose, R-O-S-E. Okay. Yeah, well, definitely uh, everybody okay. go follow her for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's been awesome having you on the podcast. You're the first person on here, so it's oh, exciting. that's great. I'm happy to be. Awesome. Yeah, check it out tomorrow morning. I'll, I'll try to get it up as soon as I can, but it'll probably be tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. So. Okay, that's great. Awesome. Awesome. It was nice meeting you. Nice talking to you. Maybe we'll have you on again soon. Yeah, that would be great. Awesome. You have a good night, okay? You too. Bye. All right, bye-bye.